This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. RFK Refugees Podcast Special Extra Edition of the RFK Emergency 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 Edition. <laughs> Losing the opening game of the Atlantic Cup Emergency Edition RFK Refugees Podcast. <sighs> John, how are you feeling, man? I hope you had a good day. I hope I hope your your day was at least better. You know, more free, more open. Better than what we saw last night. Ted, I'm going to blow your mind and say that I didn't have a really horrible time last night at the game. I actually enjoyed myself for the most part, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into that. So today was actually worse. I spent most of the day editing video uh, for a video that I'll have to reshoot because I did such a weird job with the uh, with the direction of it. So that was I edited a video that I ha- I can't use. That was my day. <laughs> Yeah, you, you seemed very positive on Twitter, which yep. I was I was just in a I was in a foul mood, let's just say. Um You were. I was in a really bad it's... mood last night. Um I was in an awful mood last night. I was You were uh... fighting with MLSsoccer.com <laughs> writers. I was indeed picking a few uh arguments, so to speak, with maybe some certain uh MLSsoccer.com writers. Yes, I might have been doing that. I don't know, man. I was just <sighs> I, I feel like I've been waiting for this team to put it together to to finally show me something that, hey, this is still a very good team. This is still a, a, a top-tier playoff team. Maybe not first in the conference, second in the conference, third in the conference, but at the very least fourth in the conference. At the very least, a home playoff game is in our future, and it's like time and 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 time again. This team lets me down. Um, I don't know what the response is for how this team has opened up some of these games. Um, the only time I thought they actually opened a game well, funny enough, uh, was the L.A. game uh, where they you know, didn't allow a goal in the first 15 minutes. But it's becoming almost a running joke at how this team just gives up early goals. They come out flat. They come out uninspired. They come out looking like a team that's never played with each other. And it takes them 50 minutes to get into the game and get engaged. And I don't know if that's the personnel on the field. I don't know if that's coaching. I'm leaning towards coaching at this point. But last night, it started poorly. Goal given up in the first half. Of course, then Wayne Rooney, 24th minute, gets sent off. I mean, just, I don't know, man. I don't know. You might you might be able to pull me out of this this funk I'm in, but let's start let's start let's start with that first like thirty minutes of of, of what I'm what I'm gonna go ahead and call soccer, even though I'm not charitably sure termed <laughs> soccer. Char- charitably termed soccer. I would not so I was not happy about that part of the game. I wasn't I wasn't driving any pleasure uh, in that in that first component of the of the game. I don't I don't know what it is either. I think that the easy thing is is to say like, well, Ben's not preparing them enough for the game and they come out flat but like these are uh, we've talked about it before in this podcast these are professional adult ass athletes that have been 
there, there's been pregame work. They know uh, Ben said it in the postgame, like Red Bull plays the way for Red Bull plays every game. We knew what they were going to do. We talked about it. We prepared for it. And then they just didn't act like they knew in the first 15, 20 minutes of the game. So I don't know. I, I, it is it is it is a meme at this point. They 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 just start slow. They don't they they seem like they are not communicating at all the first 15 minutes. And you can't do that. You can't if you're not going to score four goals a game, you can't afford to give up one every time in the first 15 minutes of the game. It's it's not something a playoff team can do. It's something that a team at the very bottom of a too large uh, playoff size grouping could do, which is I think what we are and might be what happens. But it, it, if this it team sucks. even makes the playoffs at all, I mean, let's yeah, be serious. They might, they might not. I mean, we're facing now a three-game road stint. I think we've got – I know we got at Philly, at Montreal, and at Portland. So another cross-country road trip coming up um, against, you know, one uh, one team that I think is very beatable in Philly. I think they're kind of on that sort of regressing more towards the mean. But, I mean – Just like us. Just like us. Just like us. I mean, but – I don't know, man. It's it's bad starts. The the Wayne Rooney red card. I, I'm I'm not one of those people who's going to sit here and say that Wayne Rooney is giving up. Wayne Rooney is ready to go to Derby. He's done with MLS. He's done with all of this. He might be done with certain aspects of MLS, and I think he's kind of. I, I think he he's coming from a place of I'm leaving. Let me you know. Uh, let me you know vent my frustrations about how this league operates. And we've talked at length about certain things this league does that are not good and that need need to change. But man, it's just like you you know you are under a microscope. You know VAR exists. The on the red card, I, I can't remember who the player is. It is very clear what that player is trying to do. He is trying to block. Uh, he is trying to block. Uh, get right in front of Rooney. And Rooney goes up with his hands right to the face, and that player knows exactly what to do. He puts his hand, he puts his hands down, falls to the ground, and referee goes to VAR, and that's a red card, and that's going to get spotted, and that's being called consistently. And he says, "Well, it's natural, you know. If my arms go up, I'm like, I- I'm sorry, bud, but y- you can't do that, and you you have to recognize that <clears throat> referees are looking out for that, and and and, and that there's VAR exists." And I'm sorry, but that this this loss, I for the first time, I think I'm pinning a lot of it on Wayne Rooney and the fact that this team went down to ten men. Yeah, um, I think for sure. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think that's arguable. Um, the thing that uh, Ben Olsen said, I could argue, I could make an argument for the card. I could make an argument against the card. But he seemed very resigned in the fact that it was a he 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 made the card possible, right? Like he he put himself in a position. Wayne Rooney has two red cards this year. He's only had five in his entire career, 536 games. He's only had five. He's had two in 25 appearances this year. Um, I, I think generally as a player gets older and as a player, uh, you know, starts to, it, I, it's like discipline is starting to fade a little bit. You get, when you get older, you get a little grumpier. You get a little, you get a little quicker to temper. And he's obviously not happy with the refereeing. He's made that pretty clear. And even in his postgame comments, he knows, like, he can't do that. Like, the referees, they're supposed to be impartial. It's supposed to be about what's happening exactly at that minute. But they're they're human beings, and they're going to do things. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna act in ways they probably shouldn't. Uh, and it happens all the time in all sports. Referees, you know, are human, and they act human. And he said, I should probably talk to the players' union about this before I say anything, I'm not trying to get in any more trouble. 
I don't even know if we're going to appeal this, but this is something that I have a I have feelings on, and then that was all. That's where he left it. But without a doubt, his red card changed the game. Uh, although it also flipped the switch that needed to happen. This team, this team only has that that switch flipped when their backs are against the wall. Then mm-hmm. they'll fight. Yeah. As soon as as soon as they're in the, as soon as they're in the hole, they realize it, and then they and then they scrap. Yeah. And and to be fair, I mean, for the second half, they were even. They were at ten. 10 yep. men um Tarek uh on, on a sort of a pretty generous second yellow card I think uh, I think the referee gave um Elifath was inconsistent all game and we'll get to what happened in the second half because I have opinions about this and Andrew Weeby is wrong in every possible way about this um but but uh so I mean the team was 10 v 10 I mean the, the match was there for them Certainly, when when Kamara's goal happened, the match was there for them to to get the three points, and and they didn't, but they didn't do that. And I guess that's that's still my frustration. We can talk about oh, good fight, good fight, good fight. At the end of the day, you didn't get the job done. The, the, it, good, well, show, they're not a good show, team. They don't get the job done more times but, than but more this, times than often. But this is this this is this is this is in my opinion, this is this is almost settling a little bit. It's like oh, we're not a good team. Oh well, darn. I'm like there are expectations this year. There are expectations that are not being met this season, and it's up. It's it's been his job. Yeah, it it very very well could cost Ben his job. I I think at this point, if I'm Dave Casper, I'm looking at what I have and I am surveying some options at coach. I am Mm -hmm. I am maybe even making a call or two um, at this point. Um, I don't know if you're trying to keep it down on the down low. You certainly don't want a Montreal situation, Um, (laughs) which is just nuts. That team is such a dumpster fire. I mean, you, you think it's bad here? Just go to Montreal. They're, they've been absolutely one of the worst like run teams in MLS. If it weren't for Orlando, they would be the worst team in run e- team. Explain in MLS. explain that for a second for people who have not been online all day long. Well, yeah. So basically, um, <laughs> apparently, also just came out they were uh, they were going to offer their coach and I, I think it's uh, Remy Guard. Remy Guard. They were going to offer him a new contract a week and a half ago. Apparently, they fired him. Then decided to fire him and hire William Cabrera, uh, Wilmer Cabrera, who just got. Um, who fired was just from fired <laughs> from Houston, um, which actually when Wilmer Cabrera was fired, I was like, you know, if I wanted to come up with a coach that I think would, would be a good fit for DC, that would be him, honestly. Um, and I'm dead serious about that. I, I don't think he got the, gets the support that he's gotten. Maybe he'll get it in, in Montreal, but um, he's certainly a good coach. And he would be, he would be a guy I would be considering firing Ben Olsen over. Um, and, he's used to having no budget, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, well, well here here he gets at least some budget. Let's be clear. Right. He gets some budget here in DC and I think that can make that can make all the difference. Um some some Houston fans doing some I saw one guy say like, you know, they're one of the lowest budget teams in the league. He's like, "Well, if you take out the designated players and all that, we're actually right in the middle." And I'm like, that's not great. Why would they want to defend that? Why would they want to defend that? <laughs> yeah, that that was the most like that was the most That is Stockholm that's some I, Stockholm syndrome ass fandom right there. Like, well, you know, sure they don't spend in the area that they're actually allowed to spend and then the the part where they're actually spending their own money. Look, we took that out. Look at the teams who are top of the table right now and look at the players they have and how much they've spent money. on DPs. Money. Yeah, I'm sorry. Those players make different. Look look what Vela's doing in freaking oh, MLS. Christ. He is tearing it up. Like, you know, you can't be in my opinion, I think I think DC led a lot of teams like Colorado and Houston and all of them to say, Wow, we don't have to be the big spending team. We can do what DC does and just be smart and play money ball and stuff like that. Not recognizing that the league changes every year. Every year 
it gets harder and harder to do what DC did back in 2014 and 2015. It gets a lot harder. Um, Colorado, anyway. Colorado bit our style, but won an MLS Cup doing it. So that's uh, that's even more impressive. In 2010. In well, 2010. You know how long 2010 is? is almost a decade ago, my friend. Think about that Thanks, first, man. Think, think about that for a second. Thank you for that. <sighs> anyway, by the way, right. after 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 Kamara's goal, I was with my I was with my best friend at the game, and I said, you know, DC has a real pen, uh, a tendency to give up a goal almost immediately when they when they've <laughs> when they've given up, and you know, thirty five seconds later, let's talk about let's get into it now. I think it, I think it's probably well, I think well, it probably bears. Let, do, you want, do you want something else? Go I, ahead. I do want to talk about Kamara, uh, Kamara's goal, which I yeah. that was the one big silver lining from this game. Absolutely fantastic strike. The reason he's been brought in here, I don't think necessarily more. I think you want him more inside the six yard box, um, but he certainly has that ability to shoot outside. Uh, this is a good player, and I think any notion, any, anyone talking about the fact that, oh man, he you know he only played five games in China, John. Um, he scored I, one goal. Calm, calm down, <laughs> calm down. But you see, that was an amazing goal. I'm it sorry. Was a good goal. I'm he won't sorry. score another one like that. He's a fox in the box, as far as I understood. As far as everything, I, and then he all of a sudden's like, "Oh, actually, I can score a curler from the outside the 18 and have everyone just stand there." He, he still just has that ability and to come off and start on a goal to get that starting job. I, I wouldn't say he was fantastic, but he still puts those types of moments where he can put the ball in the back of that. And that's what this team needs right now. This team needs needs goals, <laughs> needs goals. Um, all right, let's get to after what happened. Oh my god. Well, one more thing on that, real quick. So I, I I would say that on the rest of his play, I thought I thought Quincy did a better job of hold up play in the game that he started. Uh, I think a lot of I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute a lot of that to Kamara's rust. Uh, and lack of game fitness and not and lack of familiarity with his teammates, perhaps. Like I think, other than the goal, I thought he was just okay. Whereas uh, Ameriqua's game, where he, where he was like a hold up machine uh, against the Galaxy, I, I think that that if you could combine those two skill sets together, then you'd really have you'd really have something. <laughs> and and maybe know, and then maybe when Kamara is and maybe when he's fully fit and has been with the team long enough, maybe that's what we'll get. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think he certainly has that ability to do that. I think a lot of this team is going to have to figure out to figure out what positions they he can be in and feed him the ball and give him opportunities because um, I think that's how this team this team is going to be successful. But l- let's get to the moment. Um, first of all, by the way, um, I should also mention uh, Lucas Rodriguez had a bad game. E- even if that penalty is not called, um, he literally gives away the first goal for the Red Bulls. Uh, somehow chests it and literally just lays off a pass right to Kaku, and Kaku's like, Thank you. Okay. Yep. I'll take that and uh, score a goal. So that was um, that was awful, and and this was not Rodriguez's finest moment. And then of course, then there's the the the. He did make contact. We got it. We got it. We got to yeah. say if you look at the did if you he? look at the replay. Yes. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It like I twenty times in a row today. I I've I've looked at it about four or five times, and I'm I'm not convinced. He comes very, very close to him. I will admit that he probably grazes him just a little bit. That's a touch. But in my opinion, I, I don't. I think, I think Elfap makes an absolutely horrendous call to call a he penalty does. in that moment and to reward the simulation the way it does. And then, and this is where I get into VAR is designed for moments like this when you want to review it. If Elfath goes over and at least takes a look at that, and if he comes to the same conclusion, he comes back and says, you know, that's a penalty. It's still a penalty. We're gonna we're gonna continue with this. We're having a different discussion. But the fact that that isn't even taken 
you know, a second look isn't even taken on that play. I'll be very curious to see what Pro says on this. Um, I, I don't know if they'll bash the initial call or what, but I mean, to do that type of decision, to make that type of decision in that type of game and reward a pretty clear embellishment close to almost an entire dive in that moment in the game. And his ARs didn't even help him, I guess, I guess sort of say, look, that probably wasn't a penalty. I, I didn't see much contact there. I have seen harder penalties in this league not get called. And the fact oh, that, sure. that and it's a lack of consistency. It, it, it's, it's, it's mind boggling that he makes that call. And I think he makes that call and then literally just asked the VR, was there contact? And the VR is like, well, there was a little bit of contact. Okay, great. Yeah, we're done here. So I'm right. Yeah. So it, the problem too, is that he didn't, he didn't think about it. Like it was an instantaneous, when I, I was there, it was real time. As soon as he went down spot right there, not even thinking about it. Didn't think of, didn't look at his AR. was just like, yep, this happened. Um, so his AR, honestly, I think that what you should, what he should have done is not call the penalty because it looks like it's 50, 50. And he, I can't imagine he was certain because the way his positioning was, he didn't, there wasn't like a, sometimes there's definitive contact that you can see from any angle. This was, this was angled contact contact. I feel like the, the play there is to make no call. And then evaluate if your AR say, actually, I think there might've been contact. I feel like that's the safe way to do it because then you don't break the game, which is what he did. And out of pride, not actually check himself. And, and I think if that goes to VAR, I don't think he calls the penalty. I really don't. I think if he doesn't make that call initially, he might go to VAR to look at it, but I think he'll see the sort of the guys take the run and then clearly do a dive. And I think he would give a, I would consider he, he would give a yellow card for simulation. I cannot imagine. I think he made the call, and it's one of those cases where he made the call on the field. Is there enough evidence to maybe overturn it? I mean, I would argue. I will go ahead and admit that maybe not. But it's just, it's just the, it's sort of the matter of it when you're watching that on TV and and you're watching that happen and you look at that and you say that's a that is an incredibly, incredibly soft penalty to give to a team that is a game that has just been tied up and you want to reward that with a penalty and you want to reward that type of uh, behavior. It's, I, I, I really, I don't know. I think, the, I think there, there was also a play on the other end, right? When uh, I think uh, you can make an argument for DC getting a penalty, but they got yep. the shot off and it was saved. So um, do we want to talk about your boy Lucho? Do we want to get off? Yeah, I, I want to get. I want to get off this discussion. I, I, it's it's upsetting and 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 annoying and it's frustrating uh, in, in the case of the whole game. So, and can I address the people on Twitter who was saying, "Don't blame the refereeing for this"? Well, they lost two to one on a penal on a ghost penalty. You could say that it would have been a draw. DC wouldn't have won had not for refereeing on this. However, they wouldn't have lost either. And I think one one for this game probably would have been about right based on the balance of play. So you can blame the refereeing on two points lost. Uh, you can't blame the referee on other elements of the game, but I, I'll put that aside that I just wanted, I got a lot of that last night and I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, I, I think, I think you can do both. You, you can decry how bad the penalty call is while also recognizing that the team hasn't played well, didn't play well, didn't play well enough to, to earn a win. And, this that's a draw you, was right. A yeah. draw was the right outcome. And but a draw, in my opinion, would do nothing for DC. It would not help. No, it's anything. bad. It, it's it's still. I don't want to. I'm not. A, I'm not a, uh, ascribing like valor or like weight to the fact that that was good. I'm just saying that if you watched the game and observed it, a one-one draw would have been the right on balance result. Bad for both. Bad for DC. 
better than a loss. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, as far as like, as far as not allowing a team that's above them to, you know, they were they were fourth before the game, another third, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, York, they were, they, they were fourth, them? and New York was fifth. So New York is now fourth, and we are now fifth. Um, so that road game coming up against New York. Uh, got to be three points, and got to be three points against Philly. Really, got to be three points in every game now. We've said that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. And, it's and, definitely and, true now. And that's the frustrating part. It's like every game is a must-win, and then you watch the way they come out and start play, and it's like, do they know they need to win this game? Do they know that they need to come out and and play well? I feel like the LA game is the only game we saw this team actually come out and look like they had a plan, they executed it, and they really wanted to win this game. Every other game since then has just been like. Lack of, like they're shocked by teams actually going at it, like they're they're not prepared to really handle the 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 toughness of this sort of this this final these final few games in MLS. Um. So anyway, well, all right, Steve Birnbaum and Bill Hamid. Then let's go. You guys are you guys are the long timers here. Get yeah. get your get your guys fired up to start the next game. No yeah. excuses. Yeah. None. All right. Now let's talk about Lucho. So my boy, my 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 beautiful boy Lucho. Uh. It's like he refound a little bit of uh, motivation after being riding the bench here for a game and a half. Uh, he almost had a chance to score within five minutes. With it, probably actually his first touch of the game, he had an opportunity to score, couldn't put it away. Uh, he he combined. He was still doing his. He was still being Lucho. There was still a bit of walking around. There was still a little bit of yelling at his teammates for not giving him the ball in the position he wanted to on overlaps. Uh, so a little bit of that still has still has the same sort of emotional keyed up level of emotion while he's playing that rubs a lot of people the wrong way that for some reason doesn't bother me as much as other people. Uh, but uh, he, we're going to need him for the rest of if we're going to if we're going to make a run, in my opinion, particularly with Wayne Rooney uh, missing next game. And who knows, who knows, <laughs> who knows if he gets angry again, if, if he hulks out uh, in, in the five remaining game. Who who knows what we're gonna have to do from an offensive perspective? Or we we need all of our weapons on the field and contributing. And I think, based on a limited cameo and based on the fact that Rooney's not here next game and Kamara will start up top, I would like to see Lucho behind him as a withdrawn forward or or a, or a ten. Uh, try to make some connections with him and give him the ball. Sort of give him the same service he gave Wayne last year if he can figure out a way to to sort of be energized by the new situation. That's my hope. And that that's my hope as well. Um, it's just, it, it, it's frustrating that it, it took that, I guess. It took him being benched. I'm, I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced that, that Acosta's back. That was a, a weird game, 10 v 10, coming on as a sub, him full of energy, everybody else tired trying to cover, you know, other, trying to cover extra space for 20 minutes. I think he took. I think he was taking advantage of it. I think. I think Red Bulls gave him more space than a lot of other teams have this season. So I think you and he was able to, to capitalize on that. I I must say this 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 is a this is a golden opportunity for him against Philadelphia. If he comes out and looks like the Lucho of late 2018, um, DC might be able to turn around this season pretty quickly. Um, undoubtedly, he's the he 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 makes the starting lineup. I, I don't see any reason Ben benches him at this point. Um, there's no reason to bench him. You you have the, the tools out there to to play attacking style, to play the way this team has been. And to be fair, since they've abandoned this three man system, the goals have stopped coming in. They they've looked more in tune, a little bit offensively in 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 a, in a lot of ways. So I'm hopeful he doesn't just say, "Well, we're going back to the three man back line." They, they look better, except for the finishing part. Yeah. Uh, other other than that, they've they've looked okay. And that you can't do anything with formations or yeah. strategy. That's just 
doing it. That's yeah. just making the thing happen. So, I, again, I hope he's back. I'm extremely frustrated that it's taken this long. And it's just, it, it's, it's, it more underspells why I really don't want him this year because it's just, I want a player, I, I, I don't need a Carlos Vela out there, but I need a guy I know is going to show up week after week. I need a, a, a Ruli Diaz. I need a Nicholas Ladero, a guy who's going to go out there and I know I'm going to get a good game out of him, you know, 75, 85% of the time, not half the time, which is what we've really been getting from, from, uh, from, um, from Luciano Acosta. We have not gotten a consistent performer. Um, so, you know, I, I, I hope he, I hope I wish him well after this year, but short of him, you know, completely kicking it off again, firing up, you know, scoring, you know, six, seven goals, getting, you know, five, six assists, leading this team to an MLS Cup final. There's not much you can do to convince me that this team should keep Luciano Acosta around after the season. They won't. He, they can't. There's. Think about Think about if you were at your job and they offered you a big raise and you were like, nah. And then you started to slack off at work. And then they're like, how about we actually give you a pay cut or only give you like a, a 2% raise and you're and you have an opportunity to have, go somewhere else and make more money. You're gone. No matter what happens, yeah. like it's soured now. The fact that, the, and you know, rightfully so, the team should not have been like, you know, that four and a half million dollar offer or our two and a half million dollar offer. Even though you sucked this year, uh, it's still on the table, <laughs> and that would be stupid. Yeah, he probably would have taken it. I, I think you could have seen him. take I think it. so too. He could have. T- that would have been real smart of him to do. Yeah, but it's but also it's it, gone now. Yeah, it's gone. It, it's gone, in the, and I think the team made the good decision in doing that. And I think. Yep. I think heading into this year, they're thinking we're we're probably going to have to do a massive rebuild. It wouldn't surprise me when they started hearing that Rooney wants to leave. They're like, we really want to like you know waste a lot of cap space on Luciano Acosta who hasn't played well this year. I think if Rooney's still back next year, I think there's still a chance that they still keep that offer on the table with the idea that they can still you know get something out, get something out of it. But I think once that move happened, I think they're like, all right, we need to. We're we're probably facing a complete rebuild next season. Oh, all right. I don't know if there's anything else we really want to cover from this game. I mean, everything else. I mean, I thought Leonard Hara oh. looked good coming off the bench. Um, yeah, he ran. He ran for the first time. Uh, by the way, I, I'm I was, I'm sad to see Jalen. Uh, he seemed to have an opportunity here and uh, get to take it, and he gets hurt. Uh, that's really unfortunate. However, Leo Hara playing right back instead of defensive midfielder is a warm a warm place for me. <laughs> I am I am overjoyed by that. I think he is a square peg in a round hole that Ben misjudges uh, in that position. I think he's much better suited for where he was uh, last night. Uh, but, yeah, I, I did want to say something, just sort of a general comment about the atmosphere, if you weren't there. It, on TV, it was probably somewhat, uh, you know, understandable. Or, I was watching or, on Twitter, or so, you know. Yeah, on your phone and on a, yeah. Uh, the vibe in that stadium was unlike, it's never been like that at Audi Field. I've been at games at, at RFK where it's been like that, but... Uh, there was violence in the air. There was there was just upset. There was you could feel the blood pressure in the stadium rise uh, after the penalty call, after the VAR chant, with the shoes flying from the top row of of the supporter section, with the beer, with just it was it was honestly, <laughs> I will say from a spectating perspective. It it feels it feels good. I think it's like a it's like a fascist type rally. Like you, the 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 anger is the communal rage. You understand you understand why those people go insane because it's just like this thing that permeates your brain. You're like, we are righteously angry. The 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 referee is bad. The referee must pay for this punt for this crime. 
it was it's it's dangerous obviously that's the whole that's the whole point but it also feels kind of good everyone was mad at the same guy and so so mad that the cops had to escort him off the field so much so that everyone emptied out of 118 and came down to the players tunnel and got right outside where you can get them and they were throwing shit at them and they were yelling at them and it was it was it was crazy when you think about you know you don't want violence in the stands you don't want violence anywhere beer is not violence i will i'll stand by that i don't really give a shit of a plastic now if if something hits somebody and they get hurt or glass or a can or a plastic, bottle yeah uh, some... i don't care whatever people get mad that whatever so i don't want violence but if you think about the single entity MLS structure where all the teams, you know, where the league pays the salary and all the, 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 the rivalries are manufactured and it's just to see authentic feeling, even if it's anger and, and aggression towards, uh, towards being wrong towards the universe, seemingly conspiring against you to get points. It may, it, it makes the whole experience feel much more real and authentic and uh, worth the mental and, and financial and time investment into doing it i mean if you really think about it this game lived up to what the the red bulls dc united metro stars yeah. DC united rivalry has has been has been in years past it, it's i don't know if it'll if it'll rise to the bob bradley eddie i'm trying to figure out like where in like i mean dc lost so i'm but i'm trying to go like right. a, so, a, a, so a, it goes down a little bit for that, <laughs> Loses but, a but, couple spots so, for that one. so if i take out those moments because those moments are going to eclipse this i mean if dc had managed to win this game we're talking about a completely different like yep. like scenario entirely if dc managed to pull this one off but like of the of the sort of the the red bull victories uh this has to, the, the the iconic red bull moments for victories i mean this has to be kind of up there for them i mean just Two red cards, just you know, absolute insan- insanity out on the field. You know, VAR reviews a dive penalty that we'll still talk about, just like we talk about the uh, the fourth sub uh, that Bob Bradley used to bring on Eddie Gavin. You know, the, that type of sort of event happened in this game, and everybody's been talking about: is this rivalry dead? Is this rivalry dead? I think this rivalry's rebirth is just beginning. DC yep. United is a shares a lot of the blame for why this rivalry fell off because they were playing at RFK. They couldn't spend money like they could. You know, they had those moments maybe 2012 to 2014, but then the team was just not as good and there weren't that real like, those real clashes between those two teams. I and think Henri was just stunting on them. I, I he think, was just <laughs> I think if both these teams can get to a point where they are consistently competing at the top of of the of the standings week in and week out, this rivalry will come back and it'll come back fast. The fan animosity is already there. I was yep. listening to, I mean, I was listening to SiriusXM driving, uh, driving, driving around after work, and there was a guy on the radio from New Jersey who was saying, "DC's our biggest rival. This is the game that I circle on my calendar, and I circled this game on my calendar. If it wasn't on a Wednesday night, I would have tried to be there." But it was on a Wednesday night, <laughs> and I can't get up there from from Richmond on a Wednesday night. It's just it, I could, but I it's it's very difficult for me to it do. It would so. be bad. You wouldn't do want to do that. Yeah. It would be very rough. Yeah, yeah, the traffic and everything. But so, so I mean this 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 rivalry I think got a little bit of a jolt. I don't think it's a full jolt. We'll see what happens when we get to the game at Red Bull Arena. I mean there there could be like there could be a little bit a little bit to that game. You're gonna have DC fans traveling up for that game. Um, I mean, this, I have, I have hope, I have hope that this rivalry will kind of start to get a, get a jolt. If we get anything out of this, out of this garbage dump of a, of a season that it's looking like 
this disappointing turd that the season has been, if it at least jolts that rivalry a little bit up and we start to get more, you know, more moments out of it, then I, I'm honestly, I, I'm, I'm okay with that um, in a certain, in a certain respect. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Actually, if, if the season ended today, what have we gotten out of it? What, 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 what are the positive outputs of a season like this? Griffin, uh, Loudon United starting and a bunch of academy kids showing semi well, and just just DC, just the just, just the big DC. club. Like, try, uh, let's let's force ourselves to see a silver lining here because none of the young players, them getting experience is good, right? Donovan Pines getting experience is good. Uh, Chris Durkin sort of continuing his his progress, although I would argue pretty flat year for him. Griffin Yao getting a little bit of experience, but not really, not really forcing himself into the 18. And I would say his performances in Loudon have been up and down, which is common for a young player. I don't know what you take out of this year as a positive, uh, something that you build on for next year. I mean, the, I don't. It, it, in reality, this is going to be a calm. The, the, the only pot, the only silver line, major silver lining, other than maybe some young players getting started, is that DC United are going to have a chance to basically start over. And really exit the RFK era of of uh, of players. Um, and what I'm referring to, guys like Steve Birnbaum who were here, guys like Luciano Costa who were here during our, the RFK years, guys like uh, maybe even Bill Hamid. This is this is a chance for DC to build sort of a structure that you can call like what I will call the you know an Audi field type team built team a team players on this team that may not even remember you, you're probably still gonna have a couple Burnham will probably be back um you know Costa's probably gone back. who knows if Hamid's maybe that up and down who knows uh type type person but I mean this is an opportunity I think for for DC as a whole to sort of build a a a team that has played in Audi field that has no memory of RFK and no memory of of the years of 26 you know 20 17 of 20 you know 2010 or 2011 or whatever so i think that's what's sort of the silver lining for this year this is going to be a complete rebuild this is a chance for the new ownership to really step in and really start to build a roster that you know that that can actually be a big roster regardless if they bring in some players so that that's kind of where i'm going is this is a chance to to build something to build to build something different, not, you know, have something sort of there and then throw in a throw in like a big piece like Wayne Rooney and see what happens. Now it's like, okay, now we're starting from scratch. Let's let's build this into something. Let's become a Kansas City. Let's become a Seattle if 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 we can. Let's become a team that can be consistently good. And that starts, you know, maybe with some hardship. I, I'm not so sure what this team's gonna look like next year. So I think that's good. I think that's I think that's a good answer. I think the um I think removing the sort of psychic crutch of RFK and the years of not competing could do this team some good. And I was trying, as you were talking, I was trying to think who, who's had a year, an on alloyed good year. Um, Ariola's had a very good year, but he also isn't finishing for, for shit. Like he's, he's, he, he's not, conver- he's not finishing his chances. He's done good. And he's, I mean, his production's down from last year, I think, but uh, he's, he's sort of, he's sort of flat. Junior Moreno started off great, came back from Copa America, has been up and down. Mm-hmm. Russell Canals worse this year. Yeah, Leo Har- I, I, You know, we could talk about Leo Hara and TT and say, 
I think you, the fact that you could go either way on the decision to purchase them means that it that's not probably a good thing. If I, you're talking about turning over a roster, I don't know. I've, I've been the biggest Lucas Rodriguez defender, but I, I will say this. I'm not so sure. If, if we have to spend a lot to bring to get him in, if we have to spend a significant amount that it might hurt the hurt the chance of getting maybe someone in his position to seriously compete with him or to be potentially better than him, I don't want Lucas Rodriguez back. I want us to look elsewhere. If, if that yeah. makes sense, yeah. Um, I think I think Bern, I would say Burnbaum has has performed consistently well the entire. I think somewhat of a bounce back year. I think I think he had an even yeah. better year this year, and that that might that might be the extent <laughs> for me. Uh, I, I he might be your team if there's a team MVP for a for a team that had high aspirations and fell out. It might be him or Bill. Or Bill, yeah. I would say I would lean more towards Bill, um, just in what he's been able to do. Just being every game, he's he's consistently played well. I don't think there's been a goal you could really look at, and say that is a hundred percent Bill Hamid's fault. Hundred percent, no no question about it. Every game, it's like, well, maybe he does a little bit better on that, but you know, I'm not gonna be too hard. I'm not gonna be too hard on him for giving up that goal. And then yep. he, then the other the other end of the spectrum is he's made an amazing save to keep this team in the game. Um, that win against LA doesn't happen if he doesn't make a couple just unbelievable saves. One off, um, one off of Zlatan. Um, yeah, he had two game savers. On you him. know, I would disagree. I would say Ariola's still played, still played well enough that I want him back, and he's still a player. You're still gonna, I think you need, For to, sure. you need to utilize. You gotta keep him. <laughs> you know, and you've still got Ola Kamara, who's you know signed a a two, it was a two year contract, I think. Um, and yeah. he's only thirty. I mean, he's twenty nine. He's gonna be thirty next year. So he's still got a lot of good years left of him. So you have an offensive threat to build around. I mean, if we're just assuming that Ben Olsen's gonna be gone next season, I don't think it's gonna be too hard to find a coach that can look at what they have there and say, "There's some pieces here," and you get a guy who's ambitious enough to say, "I think I can add, you know, five, six, seven pieces, and we can, you know, have we can build something really good here." Um, so the, you know, the, the Matias Almeida move, you're saying, come in. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in four or five pieces of my own volition, re, restyle this team to be my own, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I I want this team to go out and get a guy who can be that type of Matias Almeida to raise the level of coach, the raise the, the coaching game. Really is what is what I think this team needs desperately, and I think you know cutting ties with Olsen would would cut a major part of that RFK you know yep. stigma, and I think at this point. For fans like me, we fans like us have defended Olsen, defended Olsen. What you're seeing now is you, you have all those people who were negative on Olsen from the very beginning. Like, first game of 2010, they're like, Olsen's terrible, Olsen's awful. Or they're they're actively celebrating when the team has bad years, which I never understand how you can call yourself a fan. All these people talking about how bad Olsen is, you know, Olsen out in their hashtags and stuff like that. And then you have the people like me who are like, you know, I think it's time to, you know to find a new, to find something else and to find something new. And once you start getting to that point, I think then you as an organization have to look and say, you know what? It's time for a new direction. Um, it's time for us to do something different, to, to, to really have a chance to build something. And I think when you're entering the season, I think looking at a new coach is smart. Um, yep. I would say even if Ben Olsen wins an MLS Cup, if they enter as the seventh seed and make some miraculous run to win MLS Cup, I think you still consider maybe uh, maybe restarting and saying, thanks, Ben. Um, I know this kind of stinks, but we're gonna have to let you go. Um, you did an amazing job bringing a cup home. Sorry. Well, let us have that problem. I will yeah. be, that'll be a great problem. <laughs> that'll to have. be a great problem to have. Exactly. So I'll be okay with that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it will remove 
the crutch from people who don't necessarily apply the blame everywhere else that it could potentially go. The coach is always the fall guy. I think in this particular case, he's a piece of the problem. However, the, the sample size here is big enough with not enough trophies that you're, it's logical to move on. The last two years of having a budget were the recompense for seven years in RFK, you know, rubbing two pennies together and playing Danny Alsop. I have no problem with them giving, giving him an opportunity to do, to do that. Uh, it, it, it hasn't resulted in the things we want. We're not the team we want to be, both from a stylistic perspective. I like the I like the I like the back against the wall grittiness sometimes, but it just can't be it can't be the fallback always, and it can't be your front foot. What 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 ends up being who your style is after you encounter any sort of resistance. So yeah. I think we're we're re- we're ready to see what else there can be, no matter what. I think, but but I, firing him right now, as we have said all season, is is silliness. At this, it's silliness. You, I mean, you have to you have to just let the season play itself. I mean, it, if this team was out of the playoffs midseason, yeah, absolutely. Boom. Sure. Sorry, Ben. Bye. But right now, we're we're so close to the end. It's like, you know, and we're still in it technically. Yeah, we're still it's look, still look, there. Look at what Montreal is doing right now. They are in the playoff race. They fired their coach and brought on. Do you want to be Montreal fans? Do you want to be Montreal Impact? You don't. <laughs> See everybody, you don't want to be yeah, like them. and this is the thing. You know, everybody wants coaches fired, coaches fired. I think there are too many front offices sometimes that listen to that. Like we see Orlando, we see Montreal. The reason those teams are bad is because they didn't stick. Even if it was the wrong decision, they didn't at least see it out and see if it could get better. They axed coaches left and right. You know, Remy Guard's in a playoff hunt right now. He's he's in their team is in contention for the playoffs, and they are rather than waiting till the end of the year, they fired him right now and brought in another coach. I will say that road game against Montreal got a lot more winnable with the with with the fact that Wilmer Cabrera, who I think is a good coach, he's he's coming into a completely new situation. He's going to have to learn new players. You know, he's is he going to just ride the season out? He's going to try to adapt to style. Um, a lot of questions with with that game now. Um, and so, be, be careful though. You get the new coach bounce sometime too. So you that, do. They could have goosed him a little bit too. You do. We'll That's see. why we got we got a couple. We got a couple games. We got a couple games. Yeah, of... right. the bounces this weekend. So whoever plays them this weekend gets the bounce. <laughs> well, it's also it's also the fact that we he is, he can't bring in anybody. Like you know, part of the reason ben, like Bruce Arena had a bounce was he's able to bring in some guys that he wanted and he wanted to go out and get. So you you don't you didn't you're not giving a coach a transfer window to bring people in. That's another reason why you don't fire him now. Transfer window is done and closed. You can't bring in a coach and have him have any input on what who he wants to bring in and who he wants to coach. So you know that that's yeah. Where and this isn't this isn't a league where the bench has players that are all equally as strong as the starting eleven. Where you're like, well, if we bring in a new coach, he'll have a new idea. He'll give new players a chance. Who are you gonna who are you gonna put in? Who's who are you gonna who are you gonna install? It's gonna change the world uh, out of that out of that. Of that bench it's better now than it was before the transfer window undoubtedly however you know what's what we got a little bit of time left let's just let's see how it goes we're playing with house money as far i mean our expectations are shot so now we're just seeing how how the rest of this thing goes it's the we're, we're circling the toilet bowl we're going around it, it's going to go one way or the other let's just see how it goes to the end I, I will say i have never quite wanted for a season to actually be over at this point I am I am very much ready for this year to be over. I mean, even in 2017, I wasn't ready for it to be over because there were some new exciting pieces. You know, 2013 was bad, but we had the, you know, we had the Open Cup run, so to speak. And then there was like, okay, we got that Open Cup run, you know, let's see who who can be for next year. 
this season, it's like, I don't know who's going to be in this team next year. It's got a bunch of guys on loan, a couple loans ending. You got your star player leaving. I'm just ready for this whole season just to be over and and just some new player announcements in January or something like that just to get me kind of back back in the mood. So that's how I'm feeling right now. I, I'm furious with how this team's playing. I'm disappointed. Anytime I pull out a silver lining, it's with the lofty expectations that we had. And there were expectations in the season. There aren't there weren't expectations in, in 2016. There weren't really expectations in 2012. Uh, maybe a little bit in 2013 or and certainly not in 2014. There were expectations this season and they were not met. That's been the difference is is with DC, we knew what we had and there weren't really any expectations. And it's, and when they exceeded those expectations, it was great. And when they didn't, it was like, well, look at our look at what we have to be up against. This year, there were expectations and those expectations are not being yet. Regardless of how the season ends, even if it ends in an MLS Cup, this team, in my opinion, will not have met expectations of, of of what they could have been. I'll still be happy to win the MLS Cup, but expectations were were not met this year, and that's very very clear and very very obvious. So that's all that's all I got on that. My last word on that. <laughs> you got anything else? No, we have a lot of stuff on Twitter that uh, we want to oh, make right. this episode short tonight. Yeah, what's all right? Let's, we'll get we'll get to it uh, on next week's show. We'll we'll run we'll start off with that, but we'll talk about the game. Uh, this weekend we'll get into this and then we'll take some calls. Some of them may not be some of them may not be relevant anymore. And you know we normally do such a good job of this, but I think both of us are a little brain melted from last night and wanted to try to keep this snappy. And to so be fair, sure we you'll did, understand. We did answer some of those questions. I think uh, Dan Duckwitz asked Atlanta Cup debtor or a liver tonight. I think we answered a liver. Maybe a little bit, a little bit of a jolt. So, and then we got we we covered a lot. A lot of the questions related to the game we covered, and a lot of the game, a lot of the questions you guys asked, I think are still going to be relevant on Monday. So we will get to those yep. questions for sure. No questions. Sorry, well, I, I asked for questions, and you know, I, I'm sorry I, I didn't deliver to you all, but there was a lot we wanted to talk about with this game. That's what happens when we start. We've started this call-in thing. We have this repressed need to talk on uninterrupted for as long as possible. So, <laughs> um, I, I I do before we end the show and before we plug all of the plugs uh i met i met one of our listeners uh on uh, last night in the the heineken bar uh he told me that he first heard of the show via a sticker that he saw on a toilet in the men's room at audi field <laughs> so awesome right there that's very cool i think we need to start thinking as a marketing plan should we should just be putting our sticker places where people pee so they see us i think that's a good strategy it works apparently um, and he said really nice things, and he said that he likes the show. He's learned a lot. Uh, he says that he's building up uh, the, uh, the the courage to call. I didn't get your name. I apologize. Please do call. Uh, yeah. Everyone should. Everyone uh, feel free to call and just vent your spleen. The the more the more uh, engagement we get from the show, the better. And it is uh, to be to be sort of cheesy and corny for a second. It is uh, it is un- unbelievable to me. It is it is inconceivable to me the amount of support we've gotten from strangers like just people we don't know people we've never met people i mean that's the way i guess these things work but i've never done something like this uh, you know i've been on things but i've not we've never created something together like this where uh people just like what we do and will tell us unsolicited you know they'll well I'll, I'll i'll just be looking at the internet and there will be people just talking about the show in nice terms it's 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 a unusual thing to get on, love just just without just in the world it's very cool to get and it makes us want to keep doing this i five i this is my favorite hobby that i have <laughs> I, you know we, we we all have so much time in our life to do the things we want to do 
uh, and, and life changes, you get more busy. Uh, but this this is a this is a highlight for me of the week. Getting to create something that I enjoy creating, that you listen to and you like, it is it is a, a privilege, and we're both really happy that we get to do it. And please uh, keep listening, keep keep you know telling us what you think about the show, how we could be better, uh, and tell your friends about us. I mean, I think we we've grown, and it's because of people doing that. It's because of I mean, it's not because of us. We're not you know we're not marketing geniuses at getting <laughs> getting our show out there we just basically do it and throw it out there and then like tweet about it but you you the fans have helped us find new listeners so i ask that you keep doing that yes. and uh keep keep making this the the pleasant experience that it is but put those stickers around i don't know if uh, if if our podcasting host gives me the ability to see where we're getting downloads from i'd be very curious to see that map and to see like where where all we're getting downloads from but um um you know, I think when I set out to create this, when we set out to create the show, you know, my vision and, and I think it was John's vision as well. Is we wanted this to be a voice for the fans. And that's what we try to do. Um, we we couldn't do this without you guys. If if we did this show and tried to do that and none of y'all listened or none of y'all chimed in, uh, this show would not be as fun as it is. And we're not be, and it'd be over by now. Yeah, we'd be done. <laughs> we we'd be, be done. <laughs> we'd be done. Like we'd be done. Like we, w- we wouldn't be keep doing this. But you guys keep us going. Even on days when I like when I like come home after work and I'm like I'm not I don't know if I want to hook up all my computers and you know do sound tests and record but you guys when you guys come and like you guys talk about how excited you are the show how much you like the show it's what keeps me going um, and it's what keeps this show going so I'm hopeful we can continue to grow um, so we we love we we love you all to death and what y'all do for the show so um, on that note. Share your friends, twitter.com slash RFQRefugees. Donate to the show, patreon.com slash RFQRefugees. Go to our Facebook page. I don't think we do much nope. with Facebook. <laughs> I deleted my Facebook. Facebook's dead now, guys. I, 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 will, Facebook's I, will, I will make an effort to try to do a little bit more Facebook because we should be out there okay. a little bit more. Um, but, yes, uh, you can also, uh, yeah, uh, check out our YouTube page for our live shows, which I think we're just doing pretty consistently. Um, you know, get Monday called. nights, 8 p.m., tell your friends. Yes, yes, Although Monday nights. The phone lines open now officially. I'm saying it on this podcast so you hear it, so it's true. Phone lines open at 8.30. Let us talk. GD, let us get out some thoughts for 30 minutes, and then you can tell us what you think. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, so uh, thank you all again so, so much for joining us. Uh, listen to the show. Tweet your friends. Review us. Whatever, whatever you do, help the show grow. We really appreciate it. And we will catch you all on Monday. Vamos. Vamos. Damn thing, they can tell me what could compel me to jump in. Eat the piece of this bread, put in, wake up, cake up.